Hunty. Henny. Henny. What season is she? Is this season Quatro. four? Yep. When did this thing premiere? Like February 2018? So. 17? We're popping 2018. Out. We're just birthing episodes like crazy. <laughs> yeah, we've gotten four seasons in a year and a half. That's just, is that is that normal? That just feels weird. That feels like. I think, I think they filmed one and two at the same time and three and four at the same time. Oh, I just, again, late to the party. Always late to the party, <laughs> late to the party. Yes. But, see, but season, season two felt a lot different than season one. Do you remember that? Well, yeah. they, they made tweaks and edits, but. Yeah. Huh. I think I think they really curated what episodes they did for season one. Okay, let's just talk about it. So this is, I can't believe it, season four. I was just like looking at this going, season four, what? Okay, so now I get it. I came out of production. You'd think I would understand how producing works and production. And okay, there for a minute I was dumb. And I'm back. Woohoo! <laughs> Slightly smarter. Not really intelligent. Let's go. Okay, so... I, you know, we don't have to break down episode by episode. I just want to say that overall, I walked away from this, these eight episodes, um, having a very strong feeling about Jonathan and how I have always admired Jonathan since the early days of like Gay of Thrones and just seeing him pop up here and there. But I remember saying in like the first, um, first episode we ever did with season one, how like people, people love to pick up on, pick on the film. Um, they love to bully people like Jonathan and they love to go after people like him and how I just loved seeing him not only own who he is and he always has really for a long, long time. Jonathan has been Jonathan for a while. Yeah. He didn't just, he didn't create this to be on TV. He has been this man, this person and man, there's been a lot of blood on the tracks. There's been a lot of pain. There's been a lot of shit that's gone on into making her and she's a fierce, proud woman. And I love that the fact that Jonathan is out in them streets um just being his unapologetic self. It is so powerful. It's inspiring. See, it is so inspiring to see him also wear skirts and wear his heels and just like Billy Porter. They're out there just being like, this is what we're talking about. And these are not like, you know, the dreaded 14 year old from the manhole cover coming out to destroy your world with the Internet. Um, like some sort of like weird plot out of American Gods. Nobody's trying to come and get your shit. They don't want your shit. They're coming up with new shit, and that new shit is not here to hurt you. What I love about Jonathan, we're adding, we're adding chairs to the table, not taking any that away. That is so true. We just add another plank, you know, add another section, y'all. That's how the whole thing goes, right? Um, whole world in his hands. Y'all grew up with that. How, why don't y'all keep believing in that? Yellow, black, and white. I mean, it's kind of racist, but at the same time, y'all came up with that song, and now you're, like, worried about it. So here's what I'm saying is I walk out of every single season kind of feeling this way about him, but specifically out of this season, I love that he embraces people. You can't help but love him. You can't help but, like, look this guy dead in his eyes and just go, here's a person, and this is who yeah. they are. There's no shying away from it. There's no toning it down. There's just boom, and that comes from someone – and I don't know Jonathan's story. I really don't. I just I just feel like this comes from someone who's just lived this. So I love what he's brought. 
um, to this yeah. screen every single I think, time. I think the reason it's inspiring for me is that it's that's something that I'm always working on. I find myself, like, especially between college, different, even be- between different classes and going home and interacting with people at work, I do notice myself doing a lot of quote switching, like turning things, certain things about my personality down, um, exaggerating things that I think is more appropriate, like, I think is appropriate in a just a, a regular environment. Um, and it, it's something I'm constantly working on. I think it's something we're always, all of us are constantly working on. Anthony said something like finding ourselves is always scary, something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wish I remembered the direct quote, but I remember hearing it and being like, yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's always going to be hard to do that. And, and also, I think, but, but, and I think you code switch for us. So, I can't English not happening you code switch I feel like and let me put words in your mouth I'm so terrible right now but like I feel like you code switch because you're in a, a part of the world where you can't just be everything that you are you know what I mean like it can be yeah. I'm not saying you're living in some sort of closeted horrible corner of the world but I'm just saying you're in a relatively semi-conservative semi-conservative town you can't you know, you live there yeah. every day. Do you feel that like maybe that's part of like the code switching? Or is I feel it just like, I feel it like more when I I feel like more when I'm at school because I mean like West Virginia is the reddest of the red, gotcha. and at at WVU it is a really progressive and diverse school. Um, but it's the problem is it's smack dab it, smack dab in the middle of the city, right. so it's not a really like a close campus. So you'd never really know what kind of attitude you're going with. I personally have never had negative experiences in that sort of way. Um, but you wouldn't because you code switch. True. True. I mean, like when I, when I was uh, dating this guy that, that was also on campus, I had a hard time holding hands in public because I was yeah. afraid that someone was going to do something. Well, I mean, you um, know, it's, it's grounded. I'm not trying to like stir anybody up, but it's, coming from someone who's been the auntie and been the godparent who, who kids who have been bullied and beaten up like for reals in the South because they mm-hmm. were queer, gay, whatever you worry. Like you, you, what do you tell your kid? Yeah. You want to stand up and be like loud and proud and Norma Ray and whatever Attica and go, yeah, you be yourself. But then when my child is out on the street, one of my kids, you know, coming back after a party or out late from the movie being their sparkly self. And then they get, you know, roughed up, nearly killed in some cases, then I'm like giving different advice. And I found myself giving different advice. I fucking hate the closet. I don't believe in it. I want to blow it up. But I also feel like, you know, sometimes you just need like a bus enclave to get away from the fools. So no, Mm -hmm. I feel you. And it's just like to see Jonathan. Now Jonathan's got a camera crew around him. You know, he's protected in this environment. He is in a bubble of sorts. So if anyone's going to try some shit, you know, he's still got like, and he's got like four other dudes who are probably going to, you know, well, Tan's not going to do shit. But I feel like Anthony could like probably kill you. I feel like there's some like Canadian rage in him <laughs> that would just come out. He would just murder somebody. I think Bobby, Bobby, Bur- too. Bobby would be creative, like how he would murder you. Like, yeah. but you know, and then Cromo, I feel like would take off his hat and his rings and stuff. And then he would get straight. Yeah. So I just like the person who's out there like living their life. Cause some of these, sub- the, some of our subjects, some of our heroes They've been in some really, you know, crazy situations, being homeless, being beaten this, up, discriminated against. Yeah, this know. last episode with 
yeah, this last episode with the guy in the farm. I don't know why, but I'm always like waiting. I think it's because in the first season, like I think the worst it ever got was just people giving Jonathan weird looks while he's giving them the haircut. Yes. Do you know like other people in the salon kind yes. of being like, Ugh. and the show made a point of kind of showing that reaction. But when they were going on the farm and they were talking about like his super conservative family, Jonathan just doesn't tone anything down at all. No. There's nothing too toned down about him. He's Jonathan. Yeah. And if you and have he's a not problem doing with it, it to get then... a reaction, he's not like in a parade. No, yeah, that's yeah, the he's thing. He's not showing that's up with, you know, like he's not showing up in drag for your amusement. This is literally just himself. He went to DC this way. This is the way yeah. she gets up in the day and goes about her day and like lives her life. So. And I you also notice could, yeah. before before he puts his hands on it, he always asks, is it okay if I touch you? Yes. Can I touch your hair? He yes. always asks. Okay. So he never pushes boundaries in that sort of way. But he's just unapo- unapologetically himself. I had um, someone say to me, you know, God, he just, he just grosses me out. He's just so feminine and blah, blah, blah. Says a woman who has really crooked, horrible teeth, who doesn't do any skincare, who has no self-love, who's living in a pretty degraded state of her life and i just want to go let me get you a mirror girl you wouldn't you need to feel better about yourself so you will stop hating on people like jonathan who will set you free if you pay attention to the message you know y'all like wanting like chase some kind of drug or whatever you don't even have to like get no Sudafed and like blow up your trailer on this one you can literally get truth by seeing people who just own who they are and embrace it and let all the other shit go yeah but i do i don't know why i got on the sidetrack though like living yourself because you were saying like i do have to code switch i don't want anybody to feel weird about that though like feel like they're doing something against the community or themselves because i think Mm -hmm. it's just protection you know it's really important to protect yourself yeah and it does and i don't want you to feel less than Mm -hmm. for having to code switch because I do it too. I'm like, okay, I'm going to, right now I wear a baseball hat. If I was around somebody who'd be offended because I got clown hair. I mean, I don't want to, I'm not here to scare you, Bertha. You know, I'm not trying to scare you to death. I'm just trying to be myself. And I didn't go, you know what? How can I fuck with the straight people? I'm going to get up today and I'm going to put, make my hair crazy fetish pink. Just scare you. And I have, I don't even, not even think about you. I don't even know who you are. I'm not thinking about you. And if I met you and you were nice, we'd probably get along. So I feel like this season is a continuation of something I think the world needs, which is positivity, lifting people up, transforming their lives. And I love the suggestions that they give to our heroes. They're, mm-hmm. They feel like realistic, workable stuff. I mean, there's, there's always like in a makeover show, there's always like the stuff that, you know, we talk about like is for the screen. But I do feel like they're even more dialed in this season on helping people with useful um tools going forward and not just you're made over bye-bye i don't know how do i do this on my own yeah although i don't know how much burger king dad is gonna like belly up to the pancetta well that's the thing with this one is we didn't see we didn't go back and see any of the what happened like we did with the first season remember that oh yeah we didn't we didn't have any turnaround. we actually actually went back it wasn't just the, yeah. the the thing at the end where they view the that might have gotten cost prohibitive but yeah we didn't see any yeah. like three months four months later kind of thing i think i think they're, they're gonna do a season like check like solely based on like checking up on how like the other heroes have done that's awesome 
or at least like a episode because they all like get to know each other and they kind of roll into the next crew and hang with each other maybe like a two-hour special or something yeah i would love to see that that. would be that would be cool i mean just how sustainable is it you know did it just tweak your life but you but the one thing i come away from with every person that is the focus of these men's attention for that week is that they are genuine i don't think they're just doing it for the yucks and just for the tv show like i said when the camera's Mm -hmm. off jonathan may not like be smiling and goofing as much but that is who he is and i feel like these people like feel cared about and loved because you can see it in their reaction they go in a little trepidatious about themselves or about gay men or about whatever's going on in their head and then they kind of walk away with oh my god these people they say things like i love you you know, they do that in six days, and that's not because these people are, like, you know, putting those gay, you know, drops in your juice, as you know we do sometimes. <laughs> we roof y'all, make y'all, like, think gay thoughts and shit. It's real. That's what the that's what the contrails are in the sky. It's just gay thoughts. Um, but, yeah, I just, I feel like they they really do genuinely feel the things that they feel for each other and people that they're trying to help and meet and they're on your side and I look at the way Jonathan transforms people he's got you know he doesn't have like supermodel like a a, like a plain girl I've never been off the farm but she's like a you know a secret supermodel and she's going to be amazing these people are regular walking around people just trying to do their thing and he turns all of them into superstars but without it being like that crazy makeover that you come home and like how am i going to recreate this it's like the green stick and like doing a little zhuzh with the hair like maybe you have a little poof like kenny does and you want to (laughs) make that work and look a little bit more stan lee-ish and he really does some beautiful stuff he knows his shit and the same thing with bobby bobby like really knows his shit like Although there was a couple of times, I feel like he gave up in one house. I'm not going to say which house it is, but I feel like he just went, look, I got rid of the ghosts and I got rid of the, the, the hoarder witch that lives in the basement. I'm just going to paint the shit green and leave the old doors on. Bye-bye. Ta-ta. The man has a dog. Now I, I think, think you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I think with this season, there was something about it, especially that they really tuned in was that the adjustments that they were making were all within reason. Yes. Within reach of of me. Yeah. And I think they, it's, it's, I'm like, put myself in the hero shoes. Like you have five complete strangers. I mean, not complete anymore because you could, you could tell kind of that they knew who the fat five were and like knew what the show was. And like, they were excited to be on and everything, but you're coming in and all these people who have these specialties are telling you like, do you realize that there are certain things in your life that affect your mentality? And some people don't realize that a good haircut can make you feel good or how you're wearing can affect your mood. I feel that, especially for me, I feel like if I'm not out and I'm not dressed well and I don't feel it, I'm not feeling myself. I, I, it just drops my mood. I don't want to talk to anyone. Same thing with my hair. My hair doesn't look good. Total day is ruined. I feel like that's the case for a lot of people. But I, I think they offer them like suggestions that are not only sustainable, but are, are new and like tools in the toolbox that they can use to just make their lives overall more enjoyable and happy and how they how it affects the people around them and in their lives that are depending on them. Yeah. Yeah. It's just I take a lot of I mean, I love all the organizational stuff. I love like I can't watch hoarders because I'll end up, you know, medicated in the trees that show sends me. 
I'm like a neat <laughs> freak. It just, I have to, I'll go live in the ocean. I will never talk to people again. I can't watch an episode of that show. But like, uh, I love shows like this where the makeover is believable. I think there is a lot of shit that is left behind. And I'm thinking you can't turn around without bumping into all the props. Um, but I feel like there is just a baseline real change that Bobby brings to it. New flooring, new cabinetry, ease of use, again, with the... Uh, with our hero who was in the wheelchair, literally being mm. able to fend for yourself, moving the washer and dryer into the main space, like all of these thoughtful things. Yeah, yeah, this is convertible yeah. for the kids, and this is, you know, easy peasy for this. This is more a reflection of you. I totally believe in like your element is it's your nest. It's your we more and more we work at home, we create at home, even if you have a job or jobs outside the home, we cocoon. Because the world is mm -hmm. what it is, and this is where we have to, this is our shelter from the storm. Literal storm that's going on, like, what's in the air. So I feel like yeah. Bobby's solutions really reflect modern life a lot of times. You know, I know you're not going to do this, so how about a that? They always do this within, the, you're right, so within the reach of the person, but in, within reason. I yeah. do love it. Yeah. I loved him making uh, Wesley's home more accessible, um, I feel like it's a side of home design that we never really see. Small things like making the bathroom bigger so that he can turn around in his wheelchair. Oh, my God. Uh, like angling the mirror down so he can actually see himself in the mirror. And like Bobby a took bed a that goes wall up and down. Out. They took a wall out of the house and moved wall. I'm like, dude, yeah. like, yeah. And you can see yourself and you can be independent. And your mom gave seven years in her house and her life. And now it's the show sets. It's how it ripples out around the people around them. It's not just one of these selfish shows where some vacuous person or vain person gets a makeover and we get to see them spin around and go, look at me. All of these things always tend to spin out to the people around the hero, whether it be family mm -hmm. or friends or the community or all of the above at the same time. It's like, Again, like the farm that's transitioning away from the cows and wanting to be farm to table and more get in with the modern spin. You know, what Bobby did was, you know, yeah, we have this long table and it's beautiful and it's something that you can make a sensation out for a show, but it's also commerce. It's also breaking bread. It's also a practical skill they learn together. The show has so many lovely elements like that to it that I... Yeah appreciate i really do although i will say bobby sometimes stresses me out with the amount of shit that he can fit on a dining room table i'm like it's got like five napkins two cups seven pieces of silverware and a plant and i'm just like there's it's gorgeous there's but no you room know, to, it's to gorgeous events, but it's not functional and when you i've been to these things you know where you go to something in a vineyard and you know and it's wherever you are and they've made it's beautiful and you take the picture of it and then you're sitting there and you're rocking elbows and then there's like nine things and you're bumping and it's you know i'm also an uncouth you know wolf raised in the woods you know <laughs> by bloated ticks i get that but i'm just saying it's still like it's a lot just to after a couple of cocktails even fancy people are like oh fuck i mean what's happening it's like they're trying to like no, yeah. program a computer just just it's, to get to their it's soup and wine <laughs> I didn't. I didn't really understand that episode. I mean, I, what was the what was the end game of that? I think the end game was they were transitioning out of their cattle, and then they were going to go to like a more farm experience, so they could have. I think they didn't talk about kitchen. I think that bugged you that they didn't yeah. have a kitchen there. I feel like he didn't want to say restaurant and bring that burden down on himself. I feel like that's where they were headed. Farm to table is a restaurant term. Yeah. So I feel like they're trying to transition into. 
Maybe you're having dinners so you can invite chefs and you're having tastings. And that, that goes... That which go- then you get commerce and a reputation yeah. and then, you know, but this guy's not a chef. He's it, just it, a provider of the food. Exactly. So mm-hmm. maybe you're, you're hosting yeah. a chef to come in and do their tasting or whatever. Yeah. Because people got to hustle these days. I mean, Jobs it, are not coming just, back. Things are, we're, yeah. we're going away from animal meat-based stuff, you know, as the dominant form of, of nutrition. And, you know, we're milking almonds and not cows. So I feel like they were taking him at least in a direction. And look, if all it is is building what would be a massively expensive super table for your business, if that's all you walked away with, and the guy got a beard trim and a little bit of love from some strangers after a rough divorce, I mean, it's a win for me, you know? Yeah. Like Kenny gets a dog. He he says, you know, he killed me. He was the one who just, I think, got me the most in my guts. It's like, oh. I'm a failure. And, you know, I'm going to lose it. Is that one of the things I don't see enough, we talk about diversity and we talk about, um, we talk about putting faces that we know and see and that are reflected in society on screen. It's not about a quorum. It's not about the Illuminati. It's just like reflecting who we are. And one of the things that gets me is the treatment of older people. You're stupid. Mm. You're worthless. You're garbage. You're not, you know, out there killing yourself in the streets, you know, making the bacon. And we have got to start to treat our older people with respect in this country. And I'm not talking about the old man who pisses you off and screams at you. I'm talking about, like, focusing on stories like Kenny where he just needs to be told, you're good, mate. You're a good dude. It's never too late to start over. Yeah, it, it's never too late to start over. And it's also never too late to stop dead in your tracks right where you are and go, what was the goal of your life? Were you trying to be the king of something? Mm-hmm. Or were you just a decent human being who loves those around you and is in service? Which is what Kenny is. So Kenny is the king of something. Kenny is the king of living a good-ass life is what he's, he's the king of. So I love that he was chosen. You know, sometimes we just have to remind people... You are the shit. You didn't have to go, whatever that thing you had in your head that you felt like you needed a trophy for and you didn't get it, you know, you got to put that aside. You, that, that dude is a good dude, you know, and you could just tell like he felt a little lost and he had his little corner of the world, but it was just good to see shine a light on that dude. It's the same, like I felt the same way about him that I did about Tom in season one. Like Tom just needed someone Mm. to tell him, you fucking rock, dude. Like, you're awesome. You're a good papa. Yeah. You're a good neighbor. You're a good employee. You're a funny dude. You ain't hurting nobody. You're just telling funny stories and being Tom ass Jackson. And that is awesome. So, I mean, I just loved that aspect of it. It's like, not, um, it's not just also about starting over. Like, you don't want to hear starting over in your 60s or your 50s or hell, even your 30s sometimes. It's exhausting. So sometimes you just need to be told, you're doing awesome. You did good shit. Yeah. You know, it's okay. Let's go have a beer or some lemon meringue pie. I got on a soapbox. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> got a nosebleed. I'm going to get down off of this thing. Okay. All right. Continue. Before we wrap up, I want to talk about um, the very first episode uh, with Kathy Dooley. This one, this episode tried to come from my throat. Um, I think it was I was my- a mess. Mm-hmm. I was. I think it was my most emotional watch, only because like, I know I've known like per- personally like teachers like her, 
who like just completely throw themselves into teaching the next generation and just making sure that there's a good experience and listening to like Jonathan talk about how like lit like going through that going through high school with you know all the bullying and the pain and like just going to to her orchestra class and just like being himself for a minute like I totally relate with that totally there's so many great teachers that I've had in my life that have done what Mrs. Dooley has done and it's true that sometimes that they forget that they have a life that's outside of their job they have a life that they need to give to themselves as well as to other kids um and it's something she said that really caught my ears um she said something to the to the effect of, you know, I grew up in the generation that skipped the chapter of me. And uh, I just thought it was really interesting the way she put that. And Karama picked up on it, too, how she said me. And I think that it sort of speaks to uh, I don't want to get too much into to sort of like the, the baby boomer and millennial dynamics that have that's sort of been like plaguing the news cycle for the past couple of years. But I think uh, as a generation as as an era of people i think we're we're slowly cycling back to the idea of the individual versus the collective i agree i think that we are the generation of mental health days i think we're the the generation of the 15 dollars minimum wage so we don't have to work 50 hours a week at a job that we hate and we have no time for ourselves and just not following a script for life anymore and i think everybody's following on and anybody who's smart and tired and want some kind of, you know, life, everyone's falling in line with that. When you double down in your generational yeah. lines, that's where you lose. You're not winning an argument. I mean, maybe you got you feel better five minutes after you got off of Twitter, but I got to tell you, just walking around, a lot of people are coming on board. Hell, I've always been right there. You know, I've always been, I was the workaholic and go be something and it was about your title and I was a I was now a junior producer and then I was a producer and then I was a senior producer and then I was an EP and then you know one day I had a I failed a treadmill test and I was smoking two packs a day and typical story right yeah so, and, I mean like it echoed through the the season uh Deanna Munoz uh episode six when she was just getting her haircut and she said you know i've been taught like not to ask for more than what you need and jonathan's like why not if you wanted you could just get it mm-hmm. you know you mm-hmm. can you can treat yourself sometimes and you can that's, do it without being a brat it's just wanting stuff yeah. to make yourself feel better because yeah because we also we're the we're the system that says don't ask for any more than you need whatever your generational thing or wherever she got that from right and then there's also the same feeling is you know, you have to love yourself before you can love anybody else. That's what that means. So that's mm-hmm. what mental health days are. That's what spa days are. Or that's when just taking a walk around the block, petting a dog, whatever your thing is, right? That's loving yourself. That self self care is about that. It's not being a selfish bastard. Yeah. You just posting selfies of yourself twenty four hours a day. It's taking a selfie of yourself on a well deserved vacation and mm-hmm. going, Hell yeah. You know, yeah. and you can just see the stress relief in your friend's face. So you love that pic. You like that thing on Instagram. So, yeah. yeah. And I've seen this attitude, too, which I, I completely love is you can you know you that you, you can create art for yourself. It doesn't have to be something that you have to market. You can write a movie for yourself. You can write a book for yourself. You can draw and hang it up in your room for yourself. It's not always meant to be uh, our personalities and our humanhood should not 
have to be something that is marketable in order to survive. Yeah. Is basically what I'm getting at. You know, sometimes um, when you're just beautiful, you know, you're just beautiful inside and you're just beautiful indoors. You know, you're just beautiful at the dinner table. So I feel about creativity. You're just creative at the dinner table. You don't have to have an audience. Sometimes I'll just crack myself up, you know. If I make my husband laugh, it's a good day. If I make both of you laugh, it's an even better day. And if somebody's listening to the podcast and uh, I make them laugh and then I don't hear it, but that, I still, I can, so I, I can almost like cosmically hear people laugh sometimes. And I'm like, I hope I'm, I want to make people feel good, you know. So there's nothing wrong with feeling good. And there's nothing, there's nothing wrong, with, wrong with loving yourself either. You know, mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time hating myself, and you don't do anybody around you any good. You really don't. Even when you're doing good works, it's just like you're doing it with a 20-pound weight on your chest, right? So I love the message of this. I love that, you know, Kathy was able to hopefully step outside of herself. She has a cot in her office, for God's sakes. It wasn't, it wasn't an urban myth, you know? And, yeah. and she, she stepped out of that transformation not only seeming in a little bit to come out of her shell a bit she felt a little shrunken in with like the you know the mullet i mean hail to the mullet it was a sweet mullet man uh her ginger mullet but she looked like she could be walking out of like you know a broadway show she looked like a producer she looked like somebody you would she looked like what she did for a living yeah yeah she kind of stepped into what she did i mean i don't know if she felt comfortable in those clothes but i felt like she those clothes like they they felt like they belonged to her and they just found her those a trunk <laughs> in the basement, you know? Initially, I thought, those clothes don't suit her. Does she feel comfortable? And then later, as I was thinking about it, I'm like, no, that stuff was just waiting for her. You know, and the hairstyle yeah. as well. It actually made her look younger. Mm-hmm. Um, not that younger is always, almost, like I said, that younger isn't always the most important goal to have. You know, we got to stop shitting on age. we got to stop, stop shitting on the fact that we age and with experience we do learn some stuff so it's not about her looking younger she just looked like more a place where she was comfortable with herself which is the most important place to operate from you feel good about yourself so when you're giving all of this to all of these people for generation after generation and year after year you know you need to get back from something out of that too it's okay to be altruistic and good-hearted and hard-working and still be having a good time and a good life and a glass of wine and a hug and a walk on the beach. It's okay to have those things, to garden, to, I don't know, jewels, whatever you can afford, whatever you're into, whatever. We just, and people are like, oh, I hate this message. And it's like, I feel like we're, we're detaching finally. We're cutting away this ugly tumor of working yourself to death, pulling yourself up by the bootstraps so you can have this little tiny microcosm of a life that only so many people can actually achieve because they were born yeah. into it. Yeah. If you don't have boots, yeah. bitch, you can't have bootstraps. So it's like we have to change our thinking. We all collectively need to change our thinking as a society, all of us, so we can keep doing this. Otherwise, this greed and internal stuff, there's going to be a lot of people suffering, and then they're going to eventually just check out, and it's going to be the rest of y'all for like five more minutes, and then ba-boom, right? Man, that was dark. <laughs> but I do feel like this is the show, I always say it every year, every year the two years it's been on every (laughs) time they roll out some episodes i'm like this is a show that really reflects kind of where we are that first season we were all biting our nails and uncomfortable i was with you we're in mega country yeah but we're not having a typical conversation that we were all thinking we were about to have there was no knockdown drag out 
in parking lots and screaming. There were looks, there were sidelong glances, and he lives with that. Uh, Jonathan yeah. lives with that all the time, but the fact that he, he t- and it's not easy to do that. I know he makes it look easy, but what Jonathan and, and, and queers like him, um, they make it look easy, but it is not. I'm here to tell you, you get a yeah. lot of shit. I'll get, I'm, you know, I'm getting shit this summer, you know, in my own home. So it's like you, but you just, you don't ever go past a certain point though, past the meridian. I can tell you this is an old ass. Uh, queer person, you know, you just don't hear it. Like people just they they try to shame you, and you're like you try to dig down in your feelings to see if they're gonna get hurt, and you're like, oh no, oh ah, no, goat can't get got, <laughs> goat's gone, goat's yeah. gay, went to Cabo years ago, didn't come back, goat don't give a shit, can't get my goat, goat's gone, goat's gay and gone. So, but there's been a lot of years, and there's still even once in a while when somebody will get one in, and I'm like, oh, I felt that. So it's good to have the show out there for those coming up, those who are struggling, and older people, whatever your identity, binary, non-binary status is, it's just good to have a show that kind of just talks about all of it without it being like this big, heavy-handed, 20,000-point word PowerPoint that people like to do about it. Just let it happen. Let people just be people. Let people just yeah. try and I, on clothes and put on makeup and get hairstyles and shop together. Just let it happen like that. That's cool. I also don't really necessarily think that the show has to be what it was in the first season where every episode had a specific topic that I wanted to talk about and put um, s- some of the Fab Five in, in pretty tense, stressful, awkward situations. Yeah. I don't think the show has to be that all the time. No. I think really the, I mean, like if we're talking about this season, the most we got of that sort of stuff was Deanna, you know, talking about like the guy at Walmart, the hitter in the back of, in the back with the broom telling her to go back to her country. Like, yeah. dear God. Yeah. You know, that I mean, that's in terms of that sort of stuff, top, top being that into the conversation. Um, but I don't, Yeah. I think the change to, to Kansas City had something to do with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I enjoy either way. I, I enjoy when they get into those topics and I enjoy when it's focused about the themes of just everyday life and what people go through and how they overcome that. I think what's happening with Netflix and this show and Netflix is that it's it's like a Game of Thrones situation in a way where a lot of people from across all kinds of different thinkings and beings and statuses watch it, you know, and it is a large mm-hmm. stage, but I like the fact that they, they, you know, they operate as they do as simply as they do. And it's a lot of pressure. You don't always get it right. Not everything is perfect. Not every season is perfect. And that's what I love about it. It's not a perfect show. You know, I love no, the Jones, yeah. the Jones sisters was my favorite show from last season. Favorite episode from last season, just because, they're just two ladies out there hustling and the guys came along and gave them um, some tools um, to just heighten their power. And it was like, we didn't have to have a big conflict. It was just, here you go. You know, here's some stuff. You need a leg up. Here you go. Let's do this. And it's not like, Oh, let's, let's reveal the bus. And then the poor haggard family has to like, you know, beg for their supper. It's like, no, it's like, let's do you're so busy over here. Most of these people are so busy doing something else. These guys make them stop down for a week so they can give them something to make their lives better. 
In almost every case, this is what it is. They're busy either dealing with discrim- uh, discrimination or loss or a new job or a transition or a new home, something like that. Some shift has happened and they're trying to find their identity and footing and they get a week of these guys coming in and the show puts budget into that and the content is you make somebody feel better. There's nothing wrong with it. There's literally nothing wrong with that kind of goal for a TV show. Yeah. So positive. I like it. I'm trying to think of like the transformation that I was like most shocked about. Not shocked, Um, but just like, oh, yeah, I didn't see it. Hmm. It's toughy. Like, which? What was the one that had the most impact? Visually. I don't know. I'm thinking the Katsu guy. Kind of. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I almost he was the one guy. with the the the, the daughter. Right? Yeah. The young daughter. Yeah. 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 I feel like I'm he, like, yeah. oh, there's a face under. <laughs> yeah. You know, and also what I loved, this is kind of a cool little spin, is I like how they took the farmer guy um, and they kind of put this kind of cool spin on it because they made him look like a lot of guys I that used to That was a work. good one too, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I worked with a bunch of guys out of Salt Lake, uh, a lot of Mormon dudes who used to do Snow Patrol and they would do a lot of events uh, support and they looked like that. Like he made him look like one of those Red Bull kind of <laughs> dudes and it's it's a... If you want to be farm to table business, you want to be doing that kind of thing. Like that's the look that you go into business meetings like that. So they gave him that surfer street look that I think the stoner dude wanted. Um, yeah. Although I wish, I wish they didn't put the uh, Brandon, uh, the veteran guy, so close to the farmer guy because they looked so alike to they me. They did. It was kind of. Like, I, was I was like, wait, am I watching the same? What's happening? I was having oh. white white guy face blindness. I was like, yeah. The episodes were back to back, and I'm just like, they look very, very similar. And I probably just mixed them in that whole uh, thing. But yeah, and it, again, it's like, <laughs> we're, but the show is out here, you know, nobody, again, nobody's hating white men. You know, there just happens to be a bunch of nasty old white men trying to fuck some shit up. It doesn't mean like, mad at everybody. So it's like cool to see. Like, Although these- that, that farmer guy, like, was, was just like. <laughs> He kept bringing up how, like, I didn't know, like, how I would feel about having five gay men around me. But, like, oh, it's great. Like, But then I was also sitting here kind of rolling my neck going, who are you saying that for, girl? Because, first of all, sister, you have a farm that is going to be servicing the restaurant business. Guess what? (laughs) (laughs) Have you met chefs? He knows chefs. He's not, like, a dumb guy. He's a a fourth-generation farmer. He's out in the community, and I'm sure like people like to act like you know there was rolling on the eyes and gay people. Oh my God, what a novelty! They're in our home. I'm like, who do you think's gonna be renting this? Who do you think has disposable enough income to rent this shit for a high end Etsy wedding? Besides yeah. Becky and her daddy, it's gonna be all them queers up there in Missouri who are like, oh my God, girl, have you seen this venue? I mean, like, I don't know. You fits it to get like overrun with great gay people, so. I just like, who are you saying this for? Is it because like he goes to like conservative church? But if you're in the farming business, if you're in. No, any his kind of family was super conservative. Yeah. If you're in any kind of. But, yeah. you, but again, you may personally be that way, but you got to do business with everybody. I knew farmers growing up yeah. who had this philosophy. Kate went to Southern Baptist Church, talked in tongues, the whole nine. But you took people's money. 
That's what you were there to do. You took your money. You fed your family. And my friend used to do renovations in Atlanta. And he said, who's got the most money in the world to put in a five-person walk-in shower in their house in Buckhead? Gay dudes. <laughs> and he goes, I just don't tell my mama. I don't tell my mama how I just made, you know, I just did a $3 million job last year in a mansion in Atlanta. He goes, I just don't tell her how we got the money. But she loves going to Disney World. I don't want to break it to her. We're on the roller coaster that queer people paid for this entire trip. I don't want to break her heart, you know. <laughs> but that dude, is a, he's an attorney. His husband's an attorney. They got more money than, you know. So I'm just like, okay. So I don't know who he's talking to, but I feel like, one, <laughs> you don't have to keep saying it that many times on the show because this is a good entry into what you're going to do because now, I mean, gay people may be like, are you going to be cool with us coming to your thing? Well, a, co- yeah. a couple of a couple of them mentioned it, Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's like, now, are, do we need to just, do we need to like, is the red barn some sort of code for white <laughs> straight people? Weddings? No, I think... I think everyone else was like, I've never been around gay people in my life. And this one was like, I've never been around gay people in my life. And I didn't know how I was going to feel about it. Like, it's, it's like a weird thing to. It's honest. It's though. honest, I guess. Like, yeah. no, I'm not going to. I'm not sure I'm going to react. Am I going to? Am I going to hug one? Am I going to hug them too long? Am I going to lovingly look in their eyes? Am I going to I ask just for went their at the end when he was like doing that toast in the barn. Like when he said that, I just the looks on some of the guys that were there. I'm just like, I'm not getting the best vibe from this. And then he's like his closeted queer friend is like, girl, stop, everybody. (laughs) There was a time in band camp. Well, all the uh, just all the people who came to, you know, that walkthrough of the farm. It was like, the you know, like maybe the four ants or something. Uh They're part of the family. I was like, this is weird. Yeah. It just doesn't feel like anyone's enjoying them. You started digging dirt under some of these families and you'd have like 15 yeah. Netflix series. <laughs> you know, keeping up with the Red Barn people. I don't know. I mean, it's not a pitch. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. I just know that I was just calling, oh, 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 I don't have to hear it again. No, we get it. We get it. It you just, know? yeah, I guess it just reminds, it just shows people's ignorance. But it, it also, like, that like in what the, Andre it, was saying, it's like, I didn't yeah. know how I would feel. It's like, yeah, how would you feel I mean, there. I know we all rolled our necks like, at the same what? time. I think it probably caused <laughs> yeah. one of the earthquakes. I feel like that that wasn't an earthquake, y'all. It was just all of us rolling our necks. We just <laughs> launched, opened up Netflix, and just went. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I just know that if you're gonna do this, I'll just say it one more time: if you're gonna do this for a living, bro, you're gonna have to get down with people who have money. It's the green. Yeah. That's the color in the rainbow flag you need to be concentrating on. It's green money. Mm, mm, mm. Get a bunch of dykes come in there, throw a big old dyke wedding. Man, we know how to party. We buy lots of liquor. <laughs> Blow it up. Got three cakes because nobody can decide. Nobody wants to make a decision. We're not <laughs> girly like that. We just got like three chocolate cakes. That's what we end up with. Just lots of booze. A couple of fist fights, but it's out on the grass. You're not going to break anything. Anyway. <laughs> This sounds I'm, very specific. This is just, it is. I mean, I was at that wedding. I mean, they were, they, they lasted two years, man. It lasted two years. Peace and pour 40 on the ground for that one. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, just, uh, you know how we do. <laughs> Get together. We meet on Monday. We're married on Thursday. So that was, uh, I think that was a great season. I'm looking forward to, did they not shoot something in Japan? Was I high? Did I just imagine that? Did they all go on a press junket to Japan? Or did they shoot Queer Eye in Japan? 
I thought there was something like, you know, Japan, Australia, something like that. Right, but Australia and Japan. Yeah. I don't know. They went for to that. Australia. I missed the Japan part. I don't know what's happening. I don't know. I don't remember them going to Australia. They t- I was just like, am I drunk? That was like, like, it, like that was like a 20 oh, minute happen. YouTube thing. That was, yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe it was just, yeah. a, okay. I didn't see that it wasn't then. an actual, okay. I don't know. I mean, I would just love to see them go overseas and I would just love to see the curious, confused faces of people in J- Japan, uh, in Japan, just looking at Jonathan going, what's happening? Okay, cool. Sure. You know, I think that would be fun and they would love him. He would just be beloved. He would be there. Um, President, they have presidents there. They have emperors. I don't know. I think they have both. They have a PM, an emperor. Um, cool. All right. So I wait. I'm gonna look for the next one. It's gonna be. I don't know how long it's gonna be. Probably it's gonna be like wait another month. Three months. (laughs) In three months, there'll be another season. Um, but I love that they're turning out like this. This is great. Yeah. I thought they were gonna do more traveling around the country. I thought they were too. But you know, when you think about like, again, what Bobby has to do. I really think the show kind of uh, revolves around Bobby's work. He has the most, uh, he has the yeah. hardest job. Even though he has a team, he has a lot to overhaul. Like they're they're doing some major reno, even in just a room. And he's doing multiple rooms. I feel like it's just uh, more cost effective to keep it in a place like yeah. Kansas City. It's easier to travel to, to get resources, to get materials. If you take this on the road, you're going to have to change Bobby's portion of yeah. this. So you're going to have to make re- uh, relationships with vendors all over. Right. Yeah. So I feel like that's what yeah. constrains the show. I, I mean, they be wrong. I don't know. They they moved out of Georgia because of the the politics of it all. Like they were yeah, no they longer did. comfortable there. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. And uh, if Disney pulls out, y'all, good luck with your hand puppets and flashlights. It'll be Walking Dead and puppet shows. Um, no, I think that might even pull out. AMC and um, and The Walking Dead they they threatened to pull out of uh, there as well. So I don't know. We'll see. Many a times people have pulled out of Georgia. Okay, I'll stop there. Um, you guys have a wonderful <laughs> week. Wear sunscreen. Or maybe just cover up. I don't know if sunscreen's good for us. Just I mean, just stay inside. <laughs> just stay indoors like me in your cave. But if you have to go outside, cover up. Something on, um, yeah, and I love you, and uh, take care, and yeah, bye guys, bye. <sighs>